25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. One time for the birthday, bitch. Two times for the birthday, bitch. Three times for the birthday, bitch. Fuck it up if it's your birthday, bitch. Fuck it up if it's your birthday, bitch. Happy birthday. It's our birthday. And if you're wondering who we are, well, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And this is Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. And we're glad you're here. It's our birthday. It's our third birthday. And we have figured out that we are actually (laughs) recording on our actual birthday. We have figured that out. We have learned through the graces of a url that we are recording on our third birthday which from now on we all know is ingrained as january 18th 2021 was the birthday of subjectively speaking and here we are recording on the 18th but releasing on the 19th but still happy birthday we've been doing this for three years that's dumb that's so crazy and you know what's worse than that? <laughs> what's like, worse? do you know what's worse than that, right? You're not breaking up with me, are you? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> but that this is worse. <laughs> that when we started this show, yes. like 13 to 15 episodes in, mm-hmm. we had the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois debacle. Oh, I don't even think it was that many episodes in. I think it it was like no, it wasn't very many at all. Yeah, Um, and so it feels really befitting that still three years later. I mean, like, and I thought, right, like at some point the chaos has to end, right? Like, I mean, because at that point, right, like you had gone through like all of the previous breakups of all the like UFAs, and then you had the Seth Jones, and like then you had this. So you're like, okay, we're good now. Things feel fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> here we are. Still, I thought we were good. Never going to talk about this shit again. Three <laughs> years. Happy birthday. We're going to talk about it explicitly probably on this episode today because it's chaos completely at Nationwide Arena. And it's the worst kind of chaos. I think it's important that we start with a, with a preface. Mm-hmm. You are an Elvis apologist. I am. Okay. Do not say but. Challenge. Do not say but challenge. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. However. Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay, sure. Proceed. However, I do have the ability to look at this scenario And not say that he is entirely blameless, but I refuse. However, you lost. Yeah. (laughs) However, I refuse to say that this is entirely his fault and that he is some sort of villain because he's not. Did he say some things he probably shouldn't have? Yes. But still. We're going to talk about it. You said but again. We're going <laughs> to... However still. However uh, still. <laughs> um, 
we're going to talk about that quite a bit, I am sure, because it's spicy. It's nothing is good. <laughs> and everything is confusing. And I simply cannot get a pulse for what's happening in in the front office at Nationwide Arena. Yeah. I did have like a fun thing that I just thought of that I didn't tell you about. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, pop off. I think we should pull up the roster from the when we started the podcast. <laughs> okay. And okay. I think I think we should just briefly discuss where all of those people are. I I can do you one better. Not just the season, the literal game. Like it's the literal game that we did the recap for. I have the the people who played in that game. Are you ready? Yes. This is alphabetical, so I'm so sorry. Cam Atkinson. <laughs> is a Philadelphia Flyer. <laughs> um, Amel Bemstrom. Is still a Blue Jacket. Oliver Bjorkstrand. Is a Seattle Kraken. Max Domi. Is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Is an LA King. Nick Foligno. Is a Chicago Blackhawk. Liam Foody. Is a Nashville Predator. Which also, isn't he kind of like a Milwaukee Admiral? Didn't he get, wait, like, didn't he get sent down? He did. Damn. But technically, he's in the Predators organization. Right, right, right. Um, Mikhail Gregorenko. Is in Europe? Holy in Russia. Yeah, he's back in the KHL for sure. Okay. <laughs> Boone Jenner. Is the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, he sure is. Um, um, Riley Nash is in the AHL. Yeah, I think he's in the Rangers organization. Oh, that makes sense. Unless yeah. he got bought out, I might have seen somewhere that he got bought out, but I might be making that up. Um, Eric Robinson is a Buffalo Saber, which feels right. Um, Alexander Texier is a Columbus Blue Jacket. Oh, this one was almost over oh, six. That's crazy. Um, okay. Michael Delzato is retired. Vladislav Gavrikov is an LA King. Seth Jones is a Chicago Blackhawk. Dean Kukin is a wash. Nope. Is a re- not in the US. No, I don't know. He's in Europe. I think he's hurt. Like, I think he's, like, just come back from injury, I think, maybe, like, something like that. Um, David Savard. Is a Montreal Canadian. And then Zach Wierenski. Is a Columbus Blue Jacket. And then the starting goaltender was Elvis Merzlikens. Is a, still a Columbus Blue Jacket. Well, let's get into it. So, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, what's going on, dude? I don't know. It's so terrible. You are going through it as an Elvis apologist. I really am. But I think the thing that's so odd to the, to me about all of this is like, I don't know if anyone else knows what the next person's next move is going to be. No, because nothing has been the same. Any day since 
last Friday when Elvis broke his media silence and said that he and his agent spoke with the Blue Jackets and said they both agreed that a new scenario is a good idea. And since then, we've heard, yeah, that's exactly what was said. He didn't request an official trade. And the both sides are working on something. Then we heard, after his glorious win against the number one team in the league on Monday, the Vancouver Canucks, that he did request a trade. And that, you know, was happening. And then yesterday, Pascal Vincent spoke to 97.1 The Fan and said, I don't know what you're talking about. Elvis, we have three goaltenders. This isn't in the conversation as far as I know. Um, Elvis is at practice. They're playing him against New Jersey. Blah, 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 blah. Still nothing from Elvis saying that he didn't request a trade. Today, as we're recording this, Thursday, January 18th, JD goes on 97.1 The Fan and says Elvis never requested a trade. That things have calmed down between Elvis, his agent, and the Blue Jackets. And that Elvis needs to get over his, or work through his demons. And then there was a very, like, not really put out there because everyone wants to focus on making Elvis the villain. That Elvis misspoke when saying that he had requested a trade. So here we are. Is he? Isn't he? Will we? Won't we? Should we? Shouldn't we? Madness. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were frozen. <laughs> no, I like, sorry. I like had a thought that I wanted to say and I like just can't. Oh, I got it. Hold on. Ready? It was funny. And that's why I was like pissed that I couldn't <laughs> think of it. Okay. Ready? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, and I mean, this was so much love to the Blue Jackets communications team. Operation keep these men off of 97.1. <laughs> like, like Operation keep these men off of the radio. Like, <laughs> because what, like, I don't need it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need it. And I don't it. think they need it because they're all saying different things. I... And I don't know if I believe, I don't know what I believe. I don't know who I believe. I think that it's true that there are situations like this that have definitely happened before in sports where it's like, oh, like raw emotion. You say something, you don't mean it. Um, X, Y, Z. But I don't know. Like, it just doesn't super feel that way. But it also doesn't feel like it does feel like it's quieted down because in the blue jackets wave spencer martin what the fuck is going on we've got three goaltenders on 90 i said on 97.1 pascal vincent we have three goaltenders and the Yarmuk plan was, and and says, the, i think the fuck not and because they've also been referencing this 
plan, and I'm using air quotations because this is a listening medium. The plan has always has been we had three goaltenders. Laura, I have to tell you, there's I have to pause you. There's something about your tone and the way that you're talking through all of these situations that's killing me. You're like, the plan, the plan, <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me. I'm very upset. <laughs> I know. I love it. Okay, continue. And I'm also trying not to scream in my dad's house, okay. even though I'm in the basement. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, the plan, quote unquote, has been that we have three goaltenders and that we're going to do some sort of weird rotation, but that they're going to give more time to Terry because they need to see what he can do because he hasn't played in a year because he's very injury prone and you know but they're not making Elvis they're not making anyone they're not numbering anyone they're just you know specifically keeping Elvis out from even backing up Terry we don't really believe in labels (laughs) it's too soon to label it it's too soon to label it um and you know this has been the plan and Pascal Vincent has been saying you know, he said, I don't have a number three goaltender. I have three goaltenders. Like, I don't have a number one goaltender. I have three goaltenders. We're just spending more time on one of them because we need to see what he can do. And then, like Jeremy said today, after all of this weirdness that, like, Elvis didn't do this, that, or the other thing, Spencer Martin gets put on waivers to go to Cleveland. Which, like, as you're listening to this episode that we'll release around 12 o'clock, like, you might not listen to it until after the 2 o'clock deadline to know if he got claimed or not. So, like, <laughs> let us know, I guess. Like, that's a future. That's a future us problem. So now we're down to two goaltenders. Tarasov and Elvis. Elvis is playing this evening as you're listening to this on Friday, I guess, New Jersey. Um, and, again... As an Elvis apologist, I'm not going to say that he didn't do anything that he shouldn't have done because we all say things out of anger and frustration that we shouldn't. We all do things out of anger and frustration that we shouldn't. But I think it's funny that people are so quick to assume that the front office isn't doing anything shady and like completely gaslighting this situation and making certain parties feel like they're going crazy. Like, particularly the fans and possibly even Elvis. Like, they feel very much so that, like, they're going, you didn't really say that. And we're not really keeping you out of the rotation on purpose. You just feel that way. And, like, we know you're upset, but we think it's because you have some unresolved issues. And not that we're hindering your career and like playing cat and mouse with, you know, everything. I just think it's funny that they don't think that this front office, who's everyone has been screaming at all season long, that needs to be fired and needs to be, you know, tossed out on the street, wouldn't do something as fucked up to gaslight a situation when they were unhappy with a player. I want to say that I think somewhere in the middle of that spectrum lies the reality. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I'm not saying Elvis didn't do anything. I'm not saying that. I just don't think we should be so quick to be like, he's an insane person and like 
is being a diva and a baby and all this sort of stuff. I... Because let's be let's be clear, the Blue Jackets did not come out and say anything after he said, I requested a trade. So if that was the truth, that he didn't, why wouldn't they come out immediately and say he didn't request a trade? I mean, I think at some point you have to, like, at some point this becomes a bigger conversation of, like, of, like, management of, of optics and ability to manage assets, right? Like, I think that that's the piece of this that, like, then gets into, like, why do you not say sooner, like, oh, like, the player didn't request a trade. I think, for one, it's because you don't want to, like, give the impression to any future free agents, like, oh, I'm not going to sign with that organization because they're just going to sell me out to the media. Like, so I think that that's part of that strategy, right? Like, but I also think that, like, I don't know, like, I wouldn't go so far as to say that I think that they're gaslighting Elvis or anybody in this whole situation, but I would say that there's definitely not, like, innocent intentions for sure. Like, I don't think that anybody say, would say that, you know, the way that they're handling the situation is in any way, shape or form like kosher. Like, I think that there's obvious, um, like, I don't know if it's pettiness. I don't know what it is. I, I, I think that there is just like, I think that this whole thing, there are going to be so many defining elements. I think of Yama Kekalainen's tenure as a Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> general manager. And like, I, don't know like what I am going like I don't know how you paint the picture of like which is the thing that like is him right the the thing that like right now feels really pinnacle is like the way that he's handled goaltending for the last like three to five years that's kind of the thing in my head like when I think about his asset management at that position that gives me so much pause when I think about his legacy as the Blue Jackets general manager, because... Oh, so you're agreeing that it's been a shit show. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that that is a blemish on it, right? Like, I mean, like, it's hard to not look at that and not to think, like, oh, hey, like, that's, like, a genuine, genuine demerit, I think, on... What I would say is largely, like, I mean, like, the most positive tenure of any Blue Jackets general manager, and, like, you can't take that from him. Like if, if you, you can't pry that from his cold finished dead hands, like, um, and, and it'll be, be cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Same time. That's funny. Oh, damn. We're so in sync. It's crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, this whole thing has been such a nightmare. And the fact of the matter is, is like, I truly do believe this. And I know like, you're going to hate to hear this, but like, I do think that the ultimate, like best case scenario for everybody involved is that Elvis isn't a blue jacket anymore. Like truly, like, and I don't even mean that to be like an asshole. Like, no, I know. Like I, I just like for everybody, like not just for the blue jackets, for the fans, for, for like Elvis too. Like, I just don't think that this is tenable. Like, and Maybe I'm wrong. Like, again, this happens in sports, but it just, this feels different for some reason. And maybe, like, I I don't want to make any guesses as to who, like, at least I don't want to make any guesses, like, on the podcast as to who, maybe we can, I don't know. Maybe I'm being, like, a wuss, but as to who he was, like, mad at, quote-unquote. But, like, 
I wonder if like if that person's not in the fold anymore, is it better? Is that person's Yarmo? I don't know if that person's Yarmo. Is that person Pazzy? I don't know. According to Pazzy, it's not Pazzy. Of course it would. Why would Pazzy be like, again, yeah, that guy hates me? Because again, he said today to the media, he's like, I don't know why everyone thinks Elvis is upset. I he the last conversation I had with him was he said, Hey coach, can we address can we adjust our um wardrobe requirements? for the Western Canada tour so that we can stay warm. I just, it's, it's so loony. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't understand. And like, I, I do think someone would need to leave in a front office perspective in order for it to be a better place for Elvis. But I don't think that that's going to happen before they find someone to take Elvis. Well, yeah, especially if the insinuation you're making is that the person who could ship Elvis away is the person that you're talking about. Correct. Right. Like, I mean, like, but I think at the end of the day, right, I wonder, and this is, maybe this becomes a conversation as we get closer to the trade deadline, is like, if you know that you're firing Yarmo Kekalainen at the end of this season, why don't you fire him now? So that way you can have somebody else handle the trade deadline. Because do you want somebody who is maybe like swinging for the fences to try to save their job to be able to to do this stuff? And, and that goes for John Davidson too. Like if John Davidson is also getting the axe, which I'm not sure that he would, to be honest with you. I think that Yarmo probably will, but I, I don't know about John Davidson. Um, if, if John Davidson doesn't have the ability to veto anything that Yarmo could do, like, I think you've got to get rid of him or both like, right. Like, and sooner rather than later. So they don't fuck up the deadline, but I don't know. It just. Yeah. Because if you're not sure about the leadership going forward, and I'm not saying that that even means that they keep Elvis in the long run. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're not sure about the leadership going forward and You've got a GM who potentially is desperate to get rid of this goaltender that he is upset with. What what else do you think he's going to be willing to give up in order to get... And it's a goaltender with a bad contract. It is a goaltender with a contract that people don't want to take. Like, And I, as Elvis's apologist, I know that. Like, no one wants to take a goaltender who hasn't had the best of luck at three more years at almost five and a half million dollars. Like they just don't not without taking other things. So why, when you have a GM that you might not be certain about going forward, who may have some sort of like weird vendetta and then has all this capability of not only getting rid of the goaltender that he doesn't want to work with anymore, but then just kind of being willing because he doesn't think he's going to have a, a job anyway being willing to just get rid of some other valuable pieces just to get rid of Elvis. Like that seems like, again, poor talent management and like not doing again, what they've said that they've been doing, which is trying to build this team from the ground up so that they can be competitive. Yeah. 
Because it's not like some team's going to want to take Elvis and one of our veterans. They're going to want to take Elvis and two of our young guys. No, I mean, like, or they're going to want us to hold on to his money. Like, right. And if you're like, you have to, that has to come at a cost to the, to the team that's acquiring Elvis, if you ask me, because you don't want to hold that money on the books. And frankly, I don't know that we're an organization that is, I know we've retained salary on trades that have just like the rest of the season remaining, but we've never really been an organization that's retained salary on major deals. Um, and so, you know, the likelihood of us doing that for Elvis for three years feels unlikely to me, unless it's a really positive return. And so I don't know, it's just going to be a riot to see how this all comes together. If it comes together. And I, I think that there's some other things like, right. Like, I mean, like it's not even, it's not that I want to not talk about Elvis anymore. Cause we can definitely circle back, but like, that's not the only thing that's on, on the right, on the horizon here. Like, you know, you've got, a lot of players that have contracts coming up. Like you've got a lot of really young guys. Like um, I think Igor Chinnikov. No, he resigned for another year. Right. Is that right? I think so. But then I think Marchi, mm-hmm. Cole and Kent, mm-hmm. all are due contracts this year. And so like, we haven't really always had the best track record. By we, I mean, Yarmo of getting those done in a way that feels all that kind and like really all that positive toward future relationships. And so again, if you know that you're going to get rid of Yarmo before those conversations go South, maybe get the next person in and quickly. Right. Like, and that's, I hate to say that because like I do, there's this part of me that wants to have a soft spot for Yarmo for the, you know, I, God, Laura, I mean, like, I know that you've heard me talk about this time and time again, but like being a fan before him, like really was fucking terrible. And like, he brought teams together that like could actually be competitive sometimes. And like, that was new and brilliant. And so that was nice. And I'll obviously much prefer the one that brings a Stanley Cup to Columbus, but you know, there's always going to be a soft spot for the GM that actually kind of like made us almost a little competitive, but no, and I feel those I feel those things too. Like I came in at the height of that sort of situation with Yarmo. Like we were competitive, we were playing well, you know, the 2019, you know, sweep, all the sort of stuff. Like, but it's just been in these last few years, and I know COVID did a lot of damage to the league, and like it just has not been great and like we're losing out on people and things that could be really beneficial to this organization but the second things go sour in any way or the second it seems that he is questioned in any way about what he wants to offer what he wants to do then the ship is sailed like and that I just don't think is now granted. I have never had contract negotiations. I've never done any of this stuff. So I, I could be talking out my ass, but like that just to me, doesn't seem like a great way to handle a struggling franchise is to be a hard ass about everything. Now I'm not saying like, let everyone walk all over you, But, like, you have to consider these players and you have to consider what you can build around 
and what you need to invest in and not just get insulted every time a player wants something more or different than what you want to offer. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, I think that I, I can appreciate that Yarmo identified and Yarmo scouting staff identified a lot of these young talents and that they're going to be a part of what is the future in Columbus, but you know, they're probably not going to be with him at the helm. And I don't know, like it is what it is, but we'll move on from it. But then the other thing that I wanted to talk about in this episode, outside of the front office fucking kerfuffle is what do you think of this whole Boone Jenner coming back, replacing Anna Fantilli in the middle, what that's turned into? Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? I I can go both ways here. Like, I can go the route that, like, I see a lot of people going on social media, which is, like, being upset that Adam is being taken off the center position after what now six weeks that Boone's been out and he's been serving as center um, and like making some really good strides, like absolutely making some really good strides. And so I think in that side of things, it's unfair to Adam to the second that Boone is able to come back, that he just gets kicked back to the wing and no longer gets the opportunity to, you know, hone those skills or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Cause if the intention is to build him into a center, like a strong first line center, then one would think in, in also a season that is a wash, like is a season that like nothing's happening other than us winning a, a handful more games. Like it's just a wash. Um, so yes, I can fully understand that frustration. I can also understand the whole like Boone's been out. Boone has solidly just been playing center for like the last three years, if not longer. So like, and he's the captain. So why not just put that captain back in his like comfortable position of playing center and then figure it out next time around? Like, situation so i see both sides and it's tough but i also think with adam being in his first year that it's okay if he bounces back between wing and center just for him to get a feel for what he likes to do better at the nhl level at the nhl speed like and we've said this before I think the fans feel more passionately about what position Adam plays than Adam. Adam, I think, is just very happy to be playing professional hockey. And he likes to win, regardless of how they do that. And he likes to be a team player and make whomever his line mates are look good as well as himself. And so I think it's okay. I don't think it's going to break anything in him to move him from a center back to wing. But 
That doesn't mean I can't understand the other viewing of like this season's a wash. Why not just let him continue and keep practicing and keep doing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I wonder to what extent there's going to be like some positionless hockey happening there too. Like, I don't know how much there's even like, I mean, Boone Jenner is objectively a better face off guy than Adam Fantilli is. So, I mean, like you have Boone Jenner take face offs, but then can you have Adam Fantilli cycle into more of a 200 foot game? Can you be creative with the way that you play that line? Um, you know, maybe you can be periodically, you know, and so we'll see, maybe that'll spark some creativity in in the offense there i don't know i'm probably wrong but i'm hoping right like for the best there so we'll see what happens uh you know with this current lineup it looks like it'll be gudro cylinder and chinnikov which i think cylinder has looked really good the last few weeks and i think especially like the last few games i really noticed him when we were watching against vancouver um, you know, I, I think that he's just been really solid. I, uh, that fight <laughs> the other night, uh, crazy against Seattle. Like, it's just like insane well, stuff. And you can tell that he's doing better because Tate McCray decided to come out of the woodwork again and talk about their six month relationship. And there's oh, no really, I missed Yeah, that. today she came out and was like, My ex, um, my best friend sent me his uh tinder profile while we were dating and she thought it was a fake but it was verified and so now it's it's going around so like you can tell that he's doing better because she's waving her flag of but he's a terrible person damn or he's 20 years old and you know that sucks but yes, no, Cole has been doing a lot better. Well, you know, it's a good while it lasted, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and I mean, I, I am excited to see like how him and Jenny continue to develop together. It's like kind of cool to see them kind of like developing at the same time, like not at the same time, but like it almost feels like developing a little bit together. Like it almost kind of like it's fun such to watch. An, it's such an underrated friendship, Cylinder and Chinnikov. No, I agree. Because, like, in their first years together, everyone was like, look at them. He doesn't speak English. <laughs> Cole is a baby. Just trying to make it work. And now they're getting there. Slowly but surely. And like you said, um, you know, moving Fantilli to the wing to play, uh, to allow Jenner to slot back into the middle. Uh, and then they're playing with Roslevic on the wing, which is what it is. Um, I have so many feelings. And I I just don't understand why we think people are going to have chemistry, two people. And then we decide that Jack Roslevic is a good idea. Well, I guess my question to you would be, would you rather it be Fantilli Jenner Johnson or Fantilli, Jenner, Roslovic, because then your third line would be Roslovic, Voronkov, Marchenko, or Johnson, Voronkov, Marchenko. And I honestly, like... I'd rather it be Kent. See, but I honestly would rather it be Johnson, Voronkov, and Marchenko. Like, I, I like that line together. A lot. 
I don't, I don't, you know, I don't hate Rossovic as much as you do, though. So, like, that's, that's not contributing to that. Um, and then Texier, Crowley, uh, and Danforth, uh, Olivier and Bumstrom were the extra skaters. And then Juracek was also an extra skater before he was sent to Cleveland. And then the. Well, deep that's, hair... that's the one I think is the more alarming situation. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yes. Um, the. D pairings would be uh, Damon Severson, Adam Boquist, uh, Ivan Provorov, Andrew Peak, Jake Bean, and Eric Branson. Um, <laughs> you feel some sort of way about man that second fucking pair, dude. That second pair sucks. That's bad. That's not great. That's not a good time. It's not. Oh, man. It's really not. And I know that that's happened before. I just, every time it happens, I just, it's so bad. But it's where we're at right now. <sighs> okay, well, fuck, I guess. Um. <laughs> On that note, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess we could talk, like, we could shift into, I think, the David Yurchak conversation from there, right? Because I think it's the conversation of, like, what are we doing with David Yurchak? Because I, I get that there's this idea of, like, oh, he's gonna go down play in Cleveland and he's gonna go on this West Coast road trip with the Blue Jackets, but at what cost? Like, for what? To allow Andrew fucking peak. To play right now. Yeah, apparently. Because it just it doesn't make any sense to send him to Cleveland for the weekend, because that's literally what it is. To then pull him back to go on this two-week West Coast, Western Canadian like excursion that they're going on. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And I understand that we needed to make roster moves in order to get Boone back into the lineup. We're going to have to make other another one here shortly. Well, not as shortly because Patrick Laine is skating again. But it just seemed weird. And it's like an odd way to handle it. And I know it's easier with Eurocheck because he doesn't have to go through waivers. But it just seems like mismanagement when you're going to have to make another decision in order to bring him back. Yeah. So, like, why? Unless people get hurt. <laughs> Which we already decided was going to happen against New Jersey because we're literally only going to have six defensemen that can play. So one of them is bound to get fucked up. Do you know what I'm convinced is going to happen? Adam Boquist is going to break his leg? No. What? I'm, like, convinced that Elvis is going to get hurt. Please don't say that. Please not. Like, of fucking course, right? Like, of fucking course, it would be like, a, we're going to send Spencer Martin down. He'll get claimed tomorrow. <laughs> and Elvis will fucking. <laughs> well, then Yarmo just gets fired. Like, then I think. Twice. Yeah. Brought back it's... into the office. Wait, actually, I thought about it. Actually, can you leave again? <laughs> like, that's the only answer. That's the only answer. At that point. Like what else could you do? You couldn't. 
Right. No, for sure. Because then you, because then you, you fuck up literally everything in Cleveland. <sighs> like literally everything in Cleveland, you just fuck it up. Which it already has potential to get to that place, but. But they've actually been having like a good time. Right. And playing well. No, agreed. And then we we cost them the playoffs last year because we're terrible. And at, at this point, we might do it again. Yeah. Which I think we Trump, won't cost them. I think Vogue's should just be like, here's the deal. If we're doing better than you are, you can play minus players. <laughs> no, agreed. You can call in the community to play. I did see somebody, could you imagine? I did see somebody say the other day, like... Um, Jody Shelley can strap on skates. No, I did see somebody say the other day that it could be interesting to see if uh, the Jackets will send down all of those guys who are waiver-exempt to for a Cleveland playoff run. Like, that could be fun. That could be fun. I, w- I would make that trip for sure. Yeah, it would, that would be fun. So, fingers crossed for that, but... Except for the fact that, like, would that oddly trigger, like, Dmitry Vronkov's, like, if I'm not playing in the NHL, I'll go back to Russia clause, and then he's actually just going to be like, fuck you, bye. <laughs> like, could you imagine? No, I think if he, if, if someone in, uh, translates it to him, that he understands that he's, like, playing for, like, a championship. Yeah. I think that he would be fine. So. Perfect. Like, this isn't just, like, sending him down because this is, like, for him to get the shiny trophy. There you go. So. The shiny trophy. <laughs> it's <again>. shiny. <laughs> Marchie's just Marchie's just standing there with a picture of a trophy. He's, like, he's pointing at it. He's like. Da. Da. <laughs> it's okay. You can go. Oh my gosh. <sighs> he's going to come back. At the beginning of next season, and just know like full English, like Chinny did this year, like when he mm-hmm. came in sleeved up and just like he was like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Like I was like, "Oh okay, hey, like, I've never, going? I've never stepped in Russia in my life." Yeah, um, my God, he's just gonna watch a bunch of American movies over the course of the off season, and it'll be great. It'll be fine. So, do you have any other grievances to air about? <laughs> Our favorite hockey team. Like, is there anything else on your dome? Uh, it's just I love them so much, and they cause me so much pain. Like, yeah. so much pain. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was very happy that we won on Monday. Yeah, it was a good win. Um, I don't think I ever want to see a shootout that up close and personal ever again. Um. I also don't think I want to be that close to Jody Shelley murmuring the things that I say during a shootout. Cause I know he couldn't hear me, but I also still felt embarrassed. So yeah, I know that's fair. Um, yeah, I just, I want them to stop talking to the media. I want them to stop talking. I want everyone to stop talking to the media and I know we're media technically. Um, I want everyone to just stop talking for a little, a little while. Like, until after the All-Star break. Take a nap. Like, let Boone go to Canada and represent us. 
And then everyone take a week off. And then when you come back, then you can resume talking to the media. But I think we need to take a time out because y'all are talking nonsense. You don't talk to each other. And none of it makes any sense. I just can't. So I think we need to take a, a little bit of a break. Please. And I know Pazzy has a weekly radio spot, but I think they can give that up for like a, a few weeks. Or just like have him talk about like the most obscure shit. Yeah. I don't know what. Talk about how he coaches Ronkov. Like, what do you say to a man who doesn't understand English? There you go. Like, and you speak French. Like, how how are you doing with that? Stuff like that. Can you let us in? I will also say, and I sent this to you in a tweet, that I do think it's interesting <laughs> that the entire Blue Jackets organization just had to have someone come in to talk to them about leadership and building a strong team and how to be successful. And they told people about it. Did I miss this? I sent it to you in a tweet. Please look it up right now. Oh my God, I'm going. Um, Because I definitely had a motivational speaker come in for the whole organization, like players, coaches, front office, all the humans. About, oh, how, sure to, did. about how to be better. So the call is coming from inside the house, friends. It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> That's my new goal. For people who don't know this about me, I am... <laughs> A certified coach and speaker. So he is. I'm very proud. If you're looking for anybody, um, but that's my like goal. It, like my dream is to like facilitate like a strength session with a professional sports franchise. Like and not necessarily the players, but just like with like you and the like staff. Like that would be so fun. I would love that. Like Yarmo. When you're thinking about trading Cam Atkinson, which of your five <laughs> strengths are you using? The bad one. He's like, what does 34 mean? <laughs> That's the one you don't use very often, Yarmo. Why is it empathy? Well, <laughs> In case anyone's curious, empathy is my number one. 33 is harmony. For Yarmo? Yeah. Just all the nice ones. Harmony really? is Harmony's my 33. That's because you like chaos. I love conflict. Yeah, I know. I'm such a fan. Just a chaos fiend. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> chaos. That's what my therapist told me today. That makes sense. I should send her another fruit basket. Yeah. She liked the last one. <laughs> I put extra pomegranates in that one. That was kind. That was kind. She she earned them. She sure does. She sure does. It's nice of you to even take the take them out to peel them. Yeah. I mean, that's how she really does deserve that. <laughs> but all right, friends. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. The blue jackets are a hot mess. So are we. And frankly, you don't want to hear any more of it. And good news though. If you are sadistic and you want to hear more of it, we released another episode today. 
And that other episode is specifically focused on all of our Hockey is for Everyone content. It features a couple of interviews, uh, like uh, the Director of Marketing Communications for Voris, Jen House, who joins us, uh, Voris, primary sponsor of Hockey is for Everyone for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we had Andy Cochran come on. Uh, she's the Executive Director of the Columbus Blue Jackets Foundation. So we got a lot of fun interviews there. You're going to want to check that out. We hear from some of you on the street so go listen to that one if you haven't already. If you have, thanks for tuning in. We told you we hadn't recorded this one yet. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that one yet, well, that'll make sense at the end. But until we get the chance to talk to y'all next time, I'm not going to do that because I almost just cut Laura off from being able to do her one thing, which is the, <laughs> the plug at the end. Uh, oh, my God. On our birthday, three years into this, I'm still fucking this up. Anyway, Laura, go ahead and tell the good people where they can find this chaos. Yes. <laughs> you can follow us on our personal Twitter accounts at ITR Jeremy and ITR Laura. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Again, specifically YouTube, especially over the next few days as we put out more and more of our Hockey is for Everyone content. Um, that will be exclusively where our videos are. Um, obviously, we'll post the links on other socials, but YouTube is going to be your main go-to. Um, and then we do have a lovely website that you can go to. It's www.subjectlyspeaking.com. Why I decided to do the www is beyond me. Um, we also have a merch store. He didn't even notice. He's not even paying attention to me. Um, <laughs> we also have a merch store. So if you'd like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can go to subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Podcasts. If you scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number, and we don't understand how the algorithms work. Uh, we just know that all of your things that you do to give us love um, help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts. And then I just want to say happy birthday, co-host. We did it. Three years. Who knew? So crazy. I love uh, you so much. I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want to do this show with anybody else. Good news. You never will. That's true. Um, and yeah, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And, I, you know, I we try to be reflective of this whenever we can be. But I think especially right now with all the things that we're getting to experience, but also with this being the third birthday onward into year four of existence. Um all the things to come finishing up season four of the show moving into season five of the show which is crazy um you know all of the things that are that are to come in 2024 and then also into 2025 into the earliest parts of our of our fourth year um which is crazy so i think i have a hunch that this one's going to be a good one, Laura. So uh, until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, please make sure that you take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And remember that pockets for everyone. And we really do truly mean everyone. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.